Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Dale, welcome to the cave. Hey, what's, what's up? Not much. What's going on with you? How are you? I'm doing great. You know, L.A. There you go. How's the, <laughs> how's, the town. how's the weather? How's the weather out there today? Good. Yeah, no, it's always great. You know, we got a little bit of overcast right now, but uh, you know that'll go away soon, and it'll be back to fun in the sun. So you've been busy the for how many years now? Twenty plus years. God, I'm pushing up on uh, 30 years. Wow, my friend. Wow, wow. yeah, I've been in this game <laughs> very, very long time, and I will talk about that. But first off, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Where are you originally from? Sure, uh, I grew up in um, in a town called Plano, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Okay, and uh, you know, I you know I was a Southern boy. You know, I grew up in you know good good Southern folks. Uh, who were actually from Detroit, who had migrated down there and, you know, found found a place to sort of, uh, you know, start over. My father used to work for General Motors, got uh, laid off, and uh, they were looking for a new start, and uh, we went to Texas. Yeah. And really, at a very young age, uh, I was passionate about uh, the arts. You know, I, I, uh, I did my first play when I was five years old, five or six years old, I believe, um, in school, like I didn't, wow. I didn't jump on the home bus that was supposed to take me home, and didn't tell my folks, and auditioned for the play instead, and they were freaking out. They thought I'd been kidnapped. It was a mess. It was pandemonium. But uh, when I did finally get home at like I don't know six years old or something, uh, you know, my mom was like, "What are you doing?" I said, "You can't stay after school," and I was like, "I know, I know, but I got the part." And at that point, they knew that uh, they couldn't stop me, so they better either jump on the bandwagon and get on board or, yeah. uh, you know, we're gonna have a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, so I started pursuing my acting career, you know, um, I sort of launched with uh, my first major gig, which was the Mickey Mouse Club uh, in the 90s. Well, wow. and so, I was going there with all those guys. Uh, I don't need to cut you off. But uh, how what was your parents reaction when you told you wanted to get into acting? <laughs> you know, the thing was, is I was kind of fortunate in that, you know, my father's very, you know, he's a dad, you know, he wanted me to go to college and be an architect or, or an engineer yeah. or something. Uh, but he was a, uh, he was a failed comic, meaning he never even tried, but he always thought he could have been a comic. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was the guy I was cracking jokes at the table and, you know, he would say, you know, dang, I should have been a comic. Right. So there was a little bit of that bug in him that he understood. And my mom used to, uh, you know, they grew up in Detroit, and my, my parents grew up with all those Motown stars. Like, they went to school together. They, you know, my dad dated Barry Gordy's niece, you know. Yeah. They, they were right there in the thick of all of that stuff. And my mom used to sing backgrounds with her and her sisters. They had, like, a, they had like a group, um, and they sang with the Temptations. Oh, wow. So she had that book. She was an artist, uh, you know, that didn't pursue it beyond, you know, her, you know, late teens, early 20s. So... When I came to them and said I wanted to do this, at a very young age, it was like, okay, kid, well, you know, continue to train. You know, I would do all the school plays. And it really wasn't until I was 12, 13 
that, you know, I started hounding my folks to get me an agent, you know, and get me in the real game to do this professionally. And they were right there with me. I mean, there was never any barriers to entry. You know, my mom would take me to all my auditions and my father would be patient. He would always say to me, all right, this is all fun, but make sure you get your college education. This is great, but make sure, you know, take school seriously. So my parents were very supportive from the beginning. So you were at the all-new Mickey Mouse Club in the 90s. Tell us about the audition for that show. Yeah, it was the it was called the All New Mickey Mouse Club, and it was they they did a uh, nationwide uh, talent search. So kind of like they used to do, I, I'm assuming they still do uh, American Idol, where they would travel around the whole country. I think they saw over thirty thousand kids wow. around the country, and we heard about it on the radio. And my mom turned to me and said, "You want to you want to go down there?" And, uh, you know, do the tap dance and see what you can do. And I said, you know, hey, it's a job. It's, it's a gig. I, I hadn't watched the show. It had already been on for three years. Uh, and I wasn't really familiar with it, but it was a job. So I said, yeah, let's go. And so I, we went down and it was a cattle call, man. It was, I don't know, hundreds if not thousands of kids. I don't remember. It was probably thousands there. And we, um, they would basically sort of, you know, bring us into a room and, and, small groups, you know, ask us maybe to sing something, uh, you know, maybe do a little dancing or something. Um, then they would, uh, you know, weed us out a little bit throughout the day. So then they give us a little something to work on, come back in. We did that. And then they sent us home. And then months later, we get a call and they said, Hey, you know, we want Dale to fly out to Los Angeles for a three day audition camp. I was like, oh, great. All right. I'd almost forgotten about the audition at that point. It had been so long. And so we flew out there, and uh, I was down there with J.C. Chazay, Kerry Russell, Tony Luca, um, uh, Matt Morris, um, some amazing uh, kids that are out there still doing stuff today, and uh, uh, as well as several that didn't get picked. (laughs) So there were, I don't know, maybe 20, it was about 30 of us maybe. And we worked on, for three days, we went through choreography of a dance number that they taught us. We had to learn a song. We had to uh, uh, work on the skit. And then on the last day, we did the sort of presentation, right? One at a time, they recorded it the whole nine. And it was great. It was great three days. I'll never forget it. And then we flew home and waited another, I don't know how many months. And then we got a call finally and said, all right, you got it. Wow. I think the whole process was probably around five, six months, I would imagine. Wow. And you were uh, That's what I'm guessing. On the show, you had a great cast that got out and done huge things. Uh, how was it working with a cast like that? It was amazing. I mean, it was very, very, very unique. Um, you know, one of the things that, I mean, look, just if you do the roll call, you're talking about Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Ryan Gosling, um, Kerry Russell, Tony Luca, J.C. Chazay from NSYNC, Nikki Deloche from uh, MTV's Awkward and uh, many, many other things, uh, Rona Bennett that's now on In Vogue, yeah. one of the members of In Vogue for the last 15, 16 years, um, and a whole slew of other extraordinarily talented people, some still in the business, some that you know ha- have, have given it up. Some that are voices of animated characters that you'd be shocked to find out are Mouseketeers. 
you know, so we've really uh, gotten into the business uh, in extraordinary ways. And I always say that a lot of that has to do with um, the training and the sustained institutional support that we had at Disney. There's a reason that so many of us have achieved certain levels of success, I believe. And a lot of that is the mentorship that we received, the learning from each other. You know, it was a good time. I mean, we, we, we learned very early on that creativity is about play, but when the cameras are rolling, it's about business. We learned corporate responsibility. You know, we were the ambassadors and are still the ambassadors to one of the largest, most influential corporations in history. You know, understanding at 15 years old that responsibility, uh, you know, you got to learn that quick. And I certainly made mistakes and got slapped on the wrist, and I got the message very quickly. It's not just about me. You represent shareholders. You represent an iconic brand. It's a big deal. And so fast forward 25 years later for some of these guys, there's a reason Justin Timberlake knows how to navigate. There's a reason. You know, he's not new. <laughs> You're right <laughs> about that. Britney Spears wasn't new. Yeah. Britney wasn't new when she came out with her first single. You know what I mean? So Christina was not new. You know what I mean? So th- those things, I think, help a lot. I mean, you've got two to five years of prior training from the Walt Disney machine. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't look at that lightly. Do you, do you have a favorite moment on the show? That was a favorite moment on the show. Absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> I give you an example. Like, so look, we're, we're on the Disney channel, obviously we're, we're Mouseketeers, but I'm also, you know, at a certain point, you know, I think I was at one point I was 17 years old and, uh, I'm ready to sort of, I might've been 18 and I'm ready to sort of do something edgy. You know, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> it's, it's been difficult being 15 to 17 years old you know, singing the Mickey Mouse Club song, you know, Tupac was on the radio. I'm ready to do something a little bit, you know, a little bit more edgy. And, uh, and I'll never forget, I was given a skit that I was supposed to learn and rehearse and then, you know, get it ready. And we went through a whole process of, of working with the director and, and our, and our, and our talent coach, uh, um, his name was Gary Spatz. And he's still to this day, one of the baddest uh, talent coaches out there, acting coaches. And I was given the script and the description was, uh, basically a, a used car salesman, right? So that's an easy, you know, character to get, you know, I understand what they, what they were going for, but <laughs> the way I, I decided to try to interpret that was I put on a long straight wig like Superfly. <laughs> and frankly, I turned it into a pimp. And I went out there and I raised my voice and I put on 70s gear and I wanted to play him like Superfly, right? Was trying to sell you uh, you know, this, whatever it was we were selling, whatever the, the skit, the character was selling. And I'll never forget the look on the director's face and the actor's coach. They, they paused for a minute, then they just cracked up. They said, we love it. Let's see if we can get it past Disney. And so we did it like that, and we presented it in our, in our run-through. And our executive producer, Lynn, God bless her heart. She went pale, man. She went white. She was like, there's no way you can do this, right? And I was like, come on, let's go. Let's push the edge, right? And let's push it. And to their credit, they gave me some notes on how to tweak it. He couldn't have long straight hair. I had to give him a jerry curl. I could go with the 70s clothes, but I couldn't, you know, wipe my nose like I'm, you know, 
you know, I was young and dumb, <laughs> and I was imitating you know, what pimps would look like. And yeah. so, like, look, you can't look like you're on drugs. So we tweaked it, but they still allowed me to bring what I thought was a groundbreaking character to the Disney world, and his name was Slick Farley. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget that experience. We ended up doing another uh, three or four uh, skits with that character, and it taught me creativity. It taught me corporate responsibility. You know, when you're 16, you're, you're, you're trying to create characters, and you're trying to push it, but yeah. then you're dealing with, you know, executives and the Disney brand and how to navigate that. That has instructed me so many times on even understanding why you get the network notes you get from the network. You know, I get it. I don't take it personally. You know what I mean? I understand <clears throat> this is teamwork, yeah. right? They got a job to do. I've got a job to do. Somewhere in the middle, we create something special. And I learned all of that during that particular process. And I'll never forget it. Wow. And now you're a great character. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's great memories to have, too, from that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. It was great. I mean, to this day, we, we bring it up whenever we get a chance to some of the guys. And, so now you got uh, a, just that whole process. It was. Yeah. So now you got a big reunion coming up in the spring. That's right. Yeah. We are getting the band back together. <laughs> We've invited uh, all 36, I believe, Mouseketeers from all seven, 38, I believe, from all seven seasons. Wow. Uh, and we've got uh, most uh, getting back together. And uh, we're going to be back where it all began um, on May 17th through 19th. Uh, we're doing a series of events. Um, we're going to be announcing really, really, really soon, as early as next week, uh, some really exciting stuff, uh, including some of the people that are going to be there, who our partners are. Um, you know, it's going to be something really special, not only for us, some of the Musketeers I've never met. Like, there's a, a handful from seasons one and through three, like there's a couple that I've never met. So it's not only a reunion for most of us, for, many, for all of us. But in some cases, it'll be like my first time meeting these guys, and that's going to be special. Okay. And we're bringing the fans out to celebrate that with us. And, uh, you know, it's going to be music. There's going to be live performances of songs that we were known for on the show, uh, dinner, drinks. Uh, there's going to be a cast uh, panel, historic reunion panel, where everybody's going to be on the same stage, moderated mm -hmm. by... NSYNC's Joey Fatone. Uh, Joey grew up with us in Orlando. A lot of people don't realize that. He was right there in the audience. I think he actually guest starred on one of the episodes of the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, that's how he knew Justin and JC because we all came up together in, in, in Orlando. Okay. Uh, and so we thought it'd be so fitting to have him come and sort of take the audience on this journey with the Musketeers over this weekend. Wow. And so... Yeah, next week we're going to be announcing uh, a lot of details and all of our partnerships involved with this thing, and it's epic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's epic. You're the executive, we're coming home, man. You're the executive producer for the for the reunion. Was this like your idea to try to get all this together, or was this part of Disney's? No, it actually started with look. I had been talking about this stuff for 20 years, actually. Yeah. There were start and stops over the last 20 something years. There was something set up at ABC years ago that I was involved with, me and Lance Bass, ironically, at the height of NSYNC. We were going to get, get everybody together. Uh, and there were other things. I was doing something with VH1 at one point, but it never could really come together for various reasons. And then Chasen Hampton, 
one of the Mouseketeers uh, that was in the pilot episode, uh, and in most of the episodes, uh, most of the seasons, he was in all but I believe two seasons. He called me and said, "Hey, man, 2019 is the 30th anniversary of the Mickey Mouse Club. If we're gonna do it, this is the year to do it. It's also the 30th anniversary of the opening of MGM Studios." which is now called Disney Studios. And we know that because Chasen and the Mouseketeers opened the theme park. They were there at the opening ceremony. Matter of fact, we worked at MGM Studios. That was where we worked. And it hadn't even quite opened yet when we started, when they started shooting uh, seasons one through three. So I said, dude, all right, I'm in. Love to do this. Uh, if we're going to do it, now it's the time to do it. And this was about seven, eight months ago. We started putting this together. We reached out to all the Musketeers, let them know, hey, you know, we'll get you out there. Uh, if, you're, if you're willing to come, here's the date. Yeah. We picked the date, and then, uh, and then partners started getting involved. Wow. Partners started getting involved. Wow. So we built it first, and then we found that if you build it, they will come. <laughs> there you go. And boy, they come. So next <laughs> week, we're going to be announcing yeah. some huge uh, announcements. And the website is easy. We kept it easy. MickeyMouseClubReunion.com. Nice. I'm sure my daughter will love it. She's four years old and she loves Disney. Ah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> she's going to have a ball. So now, like I said, you've been busy, man. You've done over 130 episodes of TV. What have been some of your favorite shows that you've guest starred on? Oh, God. You know, it might be more than that. I, I stopped counting a couple years ago. <laughs> uh, I've done some amazing stuff, man. One of my One of my favorites, obviously, was the people VOJ Simpson. Yes, on FX. Uh, you know, on FX, you know, I had a major role there, and that was uh, a life-changing experience. That was probably my favorite. Um, one of my other favorite um, TV shows I worked on was uh, The Gifted, um, that new Fox. Because I'm, I'm a, look, I'm a Marvel guy. I love comics, man. Yeah. I love comics. Who doesn't? So uh, <laughs> I love, you know, I, so I'm an X-Men fanatic. X-Men fanatic. And uh, so they let me come on The Gifted on Fox. Um, but, you know, I've done some great stuff. Bones was a extraordinary experience. ER was a great experience back in the day. Yeah. Um, so television-wise, yeah, it's, I, I've had a chance to do a lot of different things. I even did a silly, silly show called uh, Shasta McNasty uh, right around 2000, 2001. That was, <laughs> it was, it was hilarious because we were... I remember looking at the ratings one time and we were ranked like number two or three on television for a minute behind wrestling. Wow. That's how big we were. But, but that was only with boys. We looked over at the girls uh, charts. We were dead last behind Felicity uh, reruns. <laughs> and it was one of those crazy, crazy shows that it really was for, you know, you know, uh, you know, young men, college dorm, you yeah. know, sort of living out your dumb dreams in college kind of feel for the show. I was working with Vern Troyer, the late, great Vern Troyer, uh, mini me yeah. was our co-star on that show. And it was just a great, silly show. So that it, it was one of my favorite experiences. I was working with my co-stars were uh, Carmine Giovinazzo from CSI New York and Jake Busey. Wow. Gary Busey's boy. Yeah. So you, you and, uh, it was a great time, man. You mentioned uh, the, like the Marvel Universe stuff like that. Like, uh, so you you were in Thor. How was it being in it? Something like that. 
I was. I I am officially in the wiki. What do you call it? The Marvel Wikiverse. Yes. Uh, that was that was amazing because I played uh, played a Shield agent, and uh, I remember my agents called me and said, "Hey, Dale, they don't have a lot of money, but they'd love to have you." I said, "I'll do it for free." <laughs> they said, "No, don't do that." But <laughs> so I showed up, and uh, it was great. I got to work with Kenneth Branagh, yeah. which uh, you know, look as an artist, he's as an actor. Uh, there's not too many directors on that caliber that you want to work with. And when you have the opportunity to work with a guy like that, you, you jump on it. And uh, that was great. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. I got to ad lib on set a lot. And they even used some of my stuff in the movie. It was great. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which Went mo- to the premiere. It was awesome. <laughs> which movie has been your favorite since you, you say you're a big comic fan? Thor would be my favorite, but you know, honestly, I've, I've been fortunate to be involved in a lot of movies that I like for various reasons. Yeah, Thor for all the reasons I just told you about. It, it was just a great movie. I thought the sum of all fears. Um, I thought was a good movie. Um, played opposite Ben Affleck in that one, where he it's a Jack Ryan movie. Yeah, and I, I really I thought it was a solid, great movie, man. I watched it a few times, you know, later, and I was like, you know, this is a, a good movie. I'm really proud of it. And that was interesting because <laughs> that was supposed to come out like not even a month after 9-11. Okay. And in that movie, they blow up the Super Bowl. And there had never been uh, sort of a catastrophe of that caliber, to my knowledge, and certainly not in you know, a big popcorn movies, uh, a catastrophe of that size. Uh, Really, um, and and if there had, it had been way before nine eleven. So they, I remember they had to push the release back months and months and months because obviously this is not the kind of movie you want to be seeing right now. And so that really that was interesting for me because it was the first time I'd ever been part of a project that was, you know, really having to adjust on that level because of what's going on in the world. You know. Yeah. Um, and when they finally came out, you know, I'm glad they did wait because then people could, you know, really take it in and, and enjoy it for what it was, you know, That's and great. not be tone deaf in the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. So that, those two movies I really yeah. liked, but also did one for Will Smith that was great um, called uh, Lakeview Terrace. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I got to work with the great Regina King. That was awesome. Uh, I played her boyfriend in a movie called Year of the Dog. Okay. And I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, that's a nutty, nutty movie uh, with Molly Shannon and Regina King. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've been fortunate, man. I'm yeah. really been fortunate. Yeah. So like I said, you've been busy acting, directing, entrepreneur. When do you sleep, man? When do you have five time to sleep? I don't. My lady uh, just follows me around with a pillow. I try to grab about an hour or two a night. Yeah. <laughs> No, I actually take sleeping very seriously. Um, I try to get good, solid six to eight hours a night. Yeah. However, uh, over the last several months and whenever I'm doing a bunch of large-scale events, things get kind of crazy. And I happen to be doing two uh, huge events at this very moment. So, yeah, right now I'm sleeping uh, one to two hours a night. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I can get three in there. <laughs> so now you, found, you co-founded what, the International Arts and you've done, mm-hmm. and you have your own record label too. It's like, man, how, like I said, how do you how do you do all this, man? And now you got the project now that you launched. 
How do you yeah. do? How do you do all this? Um, I I have amazing partners and teams. You know, if you go to my website, it looks like it's all me. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got amazing PR team. Cast PR was there, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got amazing production personnel and partners um, that are able to focus 100% of their efforts full time on the various things, and that allows me to to oversee and touch and go and fill in where I need to fill in. So, yeah, in order to do anything that you want to do, it's about teamwork and collaboration, and there's nothing I can do without my team. Tell us a little bit about the nonprofits. Sure, sure. So uh, about six, seven years ago, um, I wanted to start – well, that's it might be longer than eight years ago now, seven, eight years ago. I wanted to do something – I was inspired by my time on the Mickey Mouse Club, and I wanted to launch – uh, efforts to support youth education, entrepreneurship, uh, with a particular focus on the arts, the promotion of the arts and using the arts for education and entrepreneurship. And so I came up with always in the club foundation, once in the club, you're always in the club. And we built out a whole fan base community around the Mickey Mouse club. We imagined if the internet even existed. (laughs) It might've existed, but there was no social media when we were on the Mickey Mouse Club. And in some cases it didn't exist yet, really, not for public consumption. And so we we basically launched an online community for fans to engage with all of us. And it's grown exponentially over the last several years. And then we built out a nonprofit sort of program. And we used to be sponsored by another charity. Right, so that we could operate as a nonprofit. And our goal was to spotlight, promote, raise funds for other outstanding organizations that share our mission. Um, we got a lot of training and development from President Bill Clinton um, and the Clinton Foundation, uh, Chelsea Clinton as well. Uh, and then President George W. Bush helped us launch it with our first fundraiser. Oh. So once we got the reels gone, got a little money in the coffers, we were able to operate a little bit, um, and we we partnered on a lot of a lot of programs out there. Uh, but more recently, about four years ago, three and a half years ago, I decided to launch International Arts and Philanthropy Foundation, uh, and basically launch my own 501c3, and then bring the Always in the Club Foundation program up under myself. And the reason I wanted to do that is because my interest we're beyond only youth arts education and entrepreneurship. I'm also interested in stopping sex trafficking. I'm interested in climate change. I'm interested in um, uh, feeding uh, the uh, uh, hungry children. I'm interested in sheltering the homeless. So there's all of these issues out there that, that, that I'm passionate about. How can I most be effective? So International Arts and Philanthropy Foundation was formed specifically to do a couple things. One, assist startup nonprofits uh, get the seed capital they need and the programmatic development they need to be effective, right? Yeah. Two, help them fundraise. So we work with not only established foundations, but also startup foundations to help them produce their events, help them come up with out-of-the-box strategies to 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 get the funding that they need to operate. Um, and then thirdly, we operate as uh, really a fiscal sponsor of our own fundraising efforts and a production company for our own fundraising efforts. As an example, 
we um, we are the official production and fiscal sponsor of the uh, Mickey Mouse Club reunion. So 100% of our profits from all the revenue we generate from the Mickey Mouse Club reunion in May, that all goes to uh, our nonprofit partners. That's great. Which include the One Pulse Foundation and Give Kids the World Village. Right. We also have a program called Global Unity. And for the past six years, under that programming of Global Unity, we produce the annual City Summit and Gala. And that is a star-studded three- to four-day extravaganza that includes about 50 events around the year throughout the country, culminating on the weekend of the Oscars, uh, where we do a three-day socially conscious business acceleration experience. And then on the night of the Oscars, after the Oscars, we do a fundraising gala that raises money for our startup charitable partners, those, those young organizations that need that, that spotlight. And we bring out celebrities that range from John Travolta has come out, Charlize Theron, Halle Berry, uh, Quincy Jones, Matthew McConaughey, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Richard Branson, Diddy, uh, astronaut Buzz Aldrin, all these guys come out, we honor them, we spotlight what they're doing, and they help us raise money for our startups. And we also help them raise money for their organization. So we were able to help raise quite a bit of capital for Charlize Theron Foundation, Quincy Jones Foundation, Just Keep Living Foundation, uh, which is Matthew McConaughey's organization. Um, we brought out President Bill Clinton for an event, not under the City Gala programming, but Years earlier in my fundraising training, I helped bring in quite a bit of money for President Bill Clinton's uh, initiatives, and he came out. So these are, these are our efforts that it, we try to create a platform for mutual collaboration. The celebrities get to come out, and they get to spotlight their charities, and they're also helping us by spotlighting our startup charitable organizations. That's a very unique thing that we've been doing for about six years now. This year... Uh, February 21st through 24th, we're doing uh, our City Summit and Gala, and Colin Farrell is our inspiration honoree. We've got Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington coming out, talking about how to help entrepreneurs accelerate their business. Mario Lopez from Extra is coming out. Randy Jackson from American wow. Idol. And uh, some amazing, uh, Allison Larson. Uh, these are people that, that uh, really understand the the collaboration of for-profit and non-profit that we as humans need to be thinking about socially conscious issues while we're working to make money so that collaboration is what we are all about and how can we help people learn grow thrive so they are better positioned to give and that's that's what we do it's fantastic dale my friend this was a great conversation to have with you today can you tell the listeners how they can find you on social media absolutely with my name is easy dale godboldo that's across twitter instagram and i believe official dale godboldo on facebook right. <laughs> now, that's what which one do you uh do you enjoy the most for social media that you interact with fans you know, I'm mostly a Facebook guy for interaction, but you know what? I love it all, man. I'll, I'll talk to you on Twitter. I'll talk to you on Instagram. Hey, uh, so I'm uh, I'm always on it. Dale, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Great talking with you. All right. You too.
Mark. Tara. Matt. Lindsay. Dale. Tasha. Ricky. Carrie. Jason. Nina. JC. Alana. Kevin. Rona. Josh. Mylin. Blaine. Terry. Fred. And you.